Welcome to the Morning Sanity Check, where we talk about the different pillars of resilience, spiritual, physical, social, and mental. Join us so we can talk about it, then be about it. Let the show begin. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Sanity Check. My name is Seth. And I'm Camille. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen and family, we're here to help you make sure you are sane and you are not going completely bonkers in the world, right on. So if this is your first time tuning in, make sure you hit us up, right? If you're watching this right now, let us know where you are and that you are okay and just say good morning. It's all good. So Camille, what's going on with you? How are you feeling? Feeling good. Um, a couple, you know, you staying in, in kind of in bed all the time, your legs and back start to hurt and you know, coupled with a little bit of pain. So I've been mm-hmm. limping around kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> last two days, but um, it's good. Life is good. You know, That's can't good. complain. I have life and, um, you know, I have people that love me and I get to do what I love. So yes. I'm happy. So. Yes, that is good. And uh, also too, this past, uh, this week, I had the opportunity of seeing you and some other young ladies this <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, last Thursday. You want to tell us a little bit about that one? Yes, yes. So we finally were able to launch the Linus Lair. Hopefully, um, those of you who are watching got a chance to tune in. If not, you can go check us out on Roku. Um, But myself, I have two co-hosts, Crystal and Cece, or Carrie Thomas. Um, We had a great time talking about Life After Heartbreak. And so we got a lot of good reviews from it. So if you guys uh, have not checked it out yet, please go and do so. If you like what you saw, share, and we will be back next Thursday, 6 Central, 7 Eastern Time. So Mm -hmm. yes, Mm -hmm. but there's more. What you mean? You can't go tell them about Sunday? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) no, I wouldn't even, I wasn't going to wait for that. But anyway, this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, we are combining the Lion's Den with Seth and the Lioness Lair. Oh my goodness, the Battle of the Beasts. It's going to be beast. good. You know, it's going to be real good. Good morning, good morning, everyone. And what we're going to talk about is things that men want to get off of our chest <laughs> and women are going to get off of their of their chest, but essentially really try to find a way to connect and let's bridge the gap. Because regardless, Whatever you believe and whatever I believe, we still need to coexist. So we can talk about the things that divide us, but what's the plan to bring us back together? Exactly. Because there's an old saying that uh, women are from Venus and men are from Mars, right? And if you did not know this or not, but those two planets rotate two different ways, two different uh, directions, right? So we automatically are going to think different, but how do we bring that differences together so that's what we're going to do ladies and gentlemen so make sure you tune in on the lion's den this sunday at six o'clock central it's going to be nice it's going to yes, be real yes. Nice. yes 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 so yes today we're talking about imposter syndrome family yeah. like imposter syndrome what does that mean and what does that look like to you camille what does that mean so imposter syndrome is that you know kind of phenomenon that you know we have these abilities, right? But we feel like our abilities are a fraud. We feel like when we show up for work, you know, like 
I don't really know what I'm doing here or, you know, I don't deserve to have this job because if people really knew who I was or my limited abilities, then, you know, they may not have hired me. Mm -hmm. um, and it really affects people who are high achievers. And, you know, there's different types we'll talk about. But uh, those are the people who suffer from it the most. Like they really have a hard time accepting um, their abilities, accepting that they really might be good at something. Um, mm -hmm. So they're just kind of like, eh, you know, those people that when they deserve or they get a, an award, like, oh, I didn't really deserve that. You know, I was just doing my job type thing. Mm -hmm. So it's that feeling of being a fraud, that your abilities are not really what they are. Mm -hmm. um, you brush them off and then you kind of, you know, shun away like you're a phony, like really feels like you're a phony. So right. that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so family, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about not just what it is, but ways to deal with it and how to cope with it. And we, we have to grow past what we think we are and, and most especially what we think other people think we should be, if that makes sense. Because there are times when we are living in other individuals' shadows, right on we're living in their shadows and we're living up to their expectations so make sure you share this make sure you let in individuals know that we're on right now because we're going to have a great conversation and yes. then you might find something that you can use for yourself and say wait a minute i have been tripping out i have been trying to do something that's not normally me so camille talk about uh the types if you don't mind Okay, so the first type I'm going to talk about is the perfectionist. And I think we all know one, if we're not one, you know, but that's like the most common form of imposter syndrome. And just to, to go back a little bit, you know, there's different studies that have been done on how many people actually suffer from imposter syndrome. There can be anything from nine to 82 percent, but they say the average is about 70 percent. So if you find yourself in any of these categories that we're going to talk about, uh, you're not alone. I know that um, I suffered from it as well. So, you know, I can share some of my experiences as well. But uh, the perfectionist. OK, so that's that person that just everything has to be perfect. But they set these like really high, unrealistic expectations of themselves you know what I mean, um, that they can't reach. And then it, it kind of confirms like, oh, I, I shouldn't be here. Or, I, you know, somebody, I got here by luck or somebody just kind of gave me this position because they felt bad or whatever the case may be. But what happens is they set these goals that they know that they can't reach and then they feel inadequate when they don't reach them, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they like to check off every box. They want to excel at everything. Everything has to be like super perfect. Mm -hmm. And then anytime they make even the slightest mistake or they forget something or they have some kind of setback, mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they start excessively worrying. They right. start like, you know, oh, my gosh, I, I'm just dumb. I, I'm incompetent. I can't do this. You know, and it just it results in a whole lot of self-doubt. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, kind of. I ain't going to say all of us, but many of us have felt that like, you know, you did everything you could to make it perfect. And then as soon as somebody says something like, you know, this was wrong or there was a mistake, you start getting bubble guts and stuff like that. Like, oh, my God, that's that excessive worry. Mm -hmm. And I've done that before. But and then it's just kind of like, you know, no matter what you do, it's never really satisfying right. because you're striving for this perfection that you'll never achieve. Correct. Correct. You'll never and, achieve. Right. So I know I've dealt with that before, but and. Uh, 
but it's a reality check. And ladies and gentlemen, the, what we're here to do is not just explain to you what, what an imposter syndrome is, but how do you cope with it? Okay. And one of the things that can help you to cope with imposter syndrome is realize no matter what you do, is not going to be 100% perfect because there are external things that can happen that you cannot control. Only thing you can control is how you accept it. So I highly encourage you to do, or what I highly encourage you to do is think about setting a goal, but also giving yourself grace. You have yes. to give yourself grace because once you give yourself grace and whatever it is that you are striving for, and let's say you achieve it, you say, okay, good. No, no, that's perfect. That's perfect because I tried. And even if you didn't still understand that it's good because you tried. All right. So the perfectionist is the, uh, the syndrome, right? The type of uh, imposter syndrome where, like she said, you have unrealistic expectations for yourself. The key is realizing that you are not perfect and that you have to bring certain elements of your, you know, your environment, your personality to make everything work for the greater good. So just think about that. Think about that part as far as the perfectionist. And are you a perfectionist? And once you realize that you have that within you and you work on that, that may bring down certain levels of worry and anxiety because you realize you're worrying about things that you can't control. And then you lose sight of your destination because you want to control everybody else. And you can't. Are you? Can't How many times you are upset because you want something to be perfect, but the person that's working with you is not perfect like you. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So in order to give individuals grace, you have to give yourself grace. You see what I'm saying? What do you think about that, Camille? That's that's so important. You know, you have to give yourself grace. Uh, there is no such thing as perfection. You know, we strive towards it as a mark for excellence, but there really is no such thing as perfection. Right. Um, and so, you know, we have to to allow ourselves to to make mistakes because that's how we learn and grow. Yes. You know, mistakes are a learning process, you know, mm -hmm. and they are also um inevitable on the on the journey to success so you have to really understand that you need to make mistakes yes it's okay to make mistakes mm -hmm. um and if you struggle with and there's some people that are like you know i know i like things done a certain way but i'm not sure if i struggle with imposter syndrome there's a couple of questions i guess you can ask yourself um to figure out if you do struggle for that you know with that and and some of that is micromanagement you know am i a micromanager you know, people want to do what they want. They, it has to be a certain way. It has to be, you know, like I, I want the whole process to look like this, mm -hmm. not understanding that other people have different ways to do that. So we tend to micromanage every step of every single thing because we want to make sure that it's perfect instead mm -hmm. of saying this is the vision. This is what it is wrong with it. Make sure it looks like this in the end, Absolutely. you know, so you might be, you know, Somebody might have called you a micromanager. You might want to take a look, look inside. Another question is, do I have problems delegating stuff to people? Mm -hmm. You know, you don't trust them with whatever project or whatever job that you give them. So you start to, oh, I don't, I don't want to delegate. We take on so much on ourselves and that we can't, you know, 
we can't get rid of it. I mean, we, we don't have the time to do it. And then when we don't get those things done or we have those failures, then all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, I'm not cut out for this when you could have just delegated it to somebody, you know, um, you know, and, and even when you do, is that kind of checking over everything, going back behind people, you know, and every little mistake, oh, now it's this. And, you know, I'm not, again, cut out for this, not the thing I'm supposed to be doing. And then sometimes it's just kind of um, feeling like you got to be perfect all the time. Right. And you don't, (laughs) you don't. don't So if any of that applies, you know, Mm -hmm. you might be uh, suffering from the perfectionist. Absolutely. Absolutely. So ladies and gentlemen, that's something for us to really think about and think about when you're trying to move forward in in a project or you're trying to move forward in life, even in a relationship. You get what I mean? You can't be in a relationship expecting somebody to be what you are, if that makes sense. Right. But I do want to say good morning, everybody. Hey, Crystal, what's going on? Herm, what's going on with you? Good morning. Good morning. Y'all, we're talking about imposter syndrome and asking yourself, are you an imposter? Are you trying to be somebody that you really can't? Are you trying to fake it to make it? And what happens when you don't make it? You see what I'm saying? People talk about that. Well, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. What if you faking it so long that it's not working for you? You don't even know that you're faking it anymore. You get what I mean? So yes. we're talking about different types of imposter syndrome. And uh, we just talked about the profession, uh, perfectionist. And uh, Camille, you have another one. What's the other type? I do. Another one is called the expert, right? So the expert really is like you think or you think that it's about your competence, right? Mm -hmm. So you measure that against what you know, how much you know, or what you know you can do, right? Mm -hmm. You think you'll never be enough, though. (laughs) That feeling of being exposed as that fraud, and this all goes back to the imposter syndrome, uh, being exposed as a fraud, you know, Am I really, really cut out for this job? Mm-hmm. Do I know enough? And I and I and I'm gonna say this too. I when I was taking on a new job, there was one um particular job I had to do. And I was taking on this job and I have one specialty, right? Mm-hmm. So I've operated in this specialty for a very long time. Then they put me in a totally different job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I know. I'm an expert in my job because I've done it for so long. Mm-hmm. But then when I went this and I had to learn all these other jobs, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't even know what I'm supposed to know. I don't know mm-hmm. how I'm supposed to know. But my skills had gotten me that position. And then I kept questioning myself. I kept like, oh, my gosh, people are going to know how much I didn't know. Then when I did make a mistake, my supervisor, who was a jerk, um, you know, he wanted to make a big issue out of everything. And I was like, dude, like. This is a brand new job for me. You know, I understand the basics of all these things, but there are certain terminology or things that I've never had to deal with. So I don't know. But it constantly reinforced that, you know, that I'm not an expert. I understand. I understand. (laughs) And, you know, it was just like, do I do I know enough about Mm -hmm. this job to be successful in it? Um, What do I need to know? What don't I know? And I, I was scared to make a move because everything was like that big thing. So I didn't even want to step out anymore mm-hmm. to apply for jobs that I knew I was qualified for because I'm like, okay, I have to be this expert. I got to mm-hmm. do like, you know what I'm saying? But then what I found myself doing, um, I know I'm long here, but I kept trying to do like all of these different trainings and I tried to do these CBTs and I tried to do all these things to 
uh, make sure that I knew everything I was supposed to. So I was trying to meet every requirement. I was trying to get all this knowledge, but you know, there's not that much time in the day or in your job. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't enough, you know, mm -hmm. but I kept trying to do it because I wanted to, to make sure I had the, the know-how. I mm -hmm. wanted to make sure I had the information. I wanted to know, make sure that I was that expert. But by doing that, I couldn't even utilize the stuff that I already knew because I was yeah. constantly seeking more, trying to get all this information for the one job that I had. So mm -hmm. anyway, um, that's just kind of what the expert is. You know, you're constantly trying to make sure that you have all of the information, constantly seeking out education mm -hmm. to supplement what you already know um, because you feel like your competence is based on that what you know and how much you know. I understand. So, I understand. And so family, what we're talking about is that imposter syndrome and how it can hinder you. OK, yes. and different types of mm -hmm. imposter syndrome. So I want to talk to you real briefly about how you can cope with that in different stages of your life, even from uh, with relationships that occupational. So she talked about being an expert and then I briefly uh, talked about the faking it until you make it. But the key is, is don't wait until you feel comfortable to start uh, putting yourself out there, if that makes sense, because when she gave an example of being in a new situation and not necessarily uh, feeling like she knew it all, you have to be able to do two things, ask questions and then do your own research. You get what I mean? That's when it comes to you. And, and, and then you're no longer an imposter. You are now who you meet and who you need to be with added information instead of acting like you know what you're doing you get what i mean and and yeah. then and now you're, you're you're not able to operate in your purest form so what we're encouraging you to do is that if you're dealing with imposter syndrome is to look at what it is that you want to do what direction are you headed and what things do you need to be efficient at it right for example that's occupation but if you're in a relationship just because you are dating someone or married does not mean that you should not improve yourself a relationship don't make you better you understand what i'm saying hey a baby <laughs> is not going to keep somebody you understand you have to be able to have yourself to a certain level where you are keepable yes. hold on you dig? Keep a bow. Are you doing the things that you need to do personally to be the man, woman, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend that you need to be in order to receive that type of love, attention and affection? Or do you think just by being there, you deserve it? Mm. Hold on. Just by just because you say, hey, I love you and that should be enough. No, no. No, no, that is not it. You keep working. So everybody all, deserves love. So. Everybody. I'm knows, just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know what I'm saying? So yes. it's like, yes, I do believe everybody. I do believe. Excuse me. I know my camera is going in and out. I do believe everyone deserves love, but what they also, what they also de deserve is the transparency and 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 the ability to work in that realm. If, if that makes sense, right? So you cannot expect someone to give you everything that you need if you're not putting yourself in the situation where you're giving them what they need from you, you know? 
Good morning, Cece. How you doing? So what what you think about that, Camille, as far as I mean, seeing it? As far as that, I, I would say yes. You know, you have to basically you attract what you value in yourself anyway. And so, you know, when we're talking about being keepable or something like that, um, you should be able to bring something to the table. You know, you should expect that what you ex- expect of someone else, you know, that you can also provide to a certain extent because, you know, some people, they have roles and they they like to, it, it doesn't matter for them, but if it works for you, then it works for you. You know what I mean? Um, but yes, I think that there should be some sort of something that you bring to the table. Um, and as it pertains to this, you know, the, the, I will say this too, a lot of times, whether it's in relationships or in a job, uh, especially with this expert syndrome, um, we try to get all this knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. So some people will spend more time in a rela- more time in a book about relationships than actually working on their relationship. Yeah. You know, um, they're constantly trying to trying to get all these things, but you're not utilizing what you already have and what you already know. Right. You know, and and we can suffer from whether it's in a job or in parenting or in a relationship, uh, what we call analysis paralysis, mm-hmm. where there's not enough knowledge. Uh, that we can gain that makes us feel like we're the expert in that area or that we can operate at a high level of efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of that, yes, you have to bring something. You have to always seek ways to, to be better in your relationship. You know, what you're asking, am I able to give, whether that's emotionally or intellectually or mentally or whatever it is, am I able to give that same thing that I want from somebody else? Absolutely. You know, and then Absolutely. at what point do you say, okay, I'm efficient. I don't have to be an expert because now I'm neglecting my relationship. I'm neglecting my job. I'm neglecting those people because I'm constantly on a search for additional information. Absolutely. And then also we need to be mindful that when we're talking about imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. what if I'm in a relationship with you or I'm working Mm -hmm. with you or for you, but the way that you approach things is that you have to be right. Like, and, and this yes. is the deal. Your, your statistics that you're searching for may be accurate, but how about this? I don't care. You know what I mean? Listen, <laughs> I don't care how, you know, I don't care how much you know. Get out of my face with that. I'm telling you that I'm upset about this. I don't care about everybody next door and around the corner and what Oprah say. Yes. I don't care. Hey, listen, Oprah rich. Yes. You dig? And listen, she ain't got no one. She got a man. She got a partner. She ain't married. So listen, we trying to get this together. Yes. Or I'm working in this organization and you telling me about a whole different squadron. What? Look what are you doing? I'm over. We over here flipping burgers, and you're talking about people on the flight line. Right. That type of energy. So, by making sure if you do have that imposter syndrome of being an expert, realize when an individual is not picking up on your statistics and don't care. You understand? Don't care. That, that it, part right there. Right. If they don't care, and your information isn't pertinent to this situation. Yes. You dig? But anyway, I digress. So, uh, Camille, I'm sorry. Um, let's talk about the next type of uh, imposter syndrome. Okay. So, there's another type, and it's called basically um, Superman, Superwoman syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of us may have uh, worked with some folks, may have. Um, been that person <laughs> who, you know, you feel like a phony amongst your, your colleagues. And then I'm, I'm going to give you my, my other one. One time I was in, 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 in this new job and um, I was wondering, I'm like, dang, everybody's trying to outdo each other. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it was like, who knows the most, who's this and that? Well, then it was a point where some people on day shift, 
would be there. We would get there at 6.30 in the morning or 6.15, 6.30 in the morning. And they would stay there until 9 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. So I would be like, why are y'all still here? And it was two in particular. And they would stay and stay and stay and stay and stay until one finally broke because they were trying to outdo each other. But then what happened was with them and this Superman, Superwoman uh, syndrome, um, they expected other people to do the same. You know, like, well, I'm over here working hard. Nobody told you your hours are from 6.30 a.m. to 4. Go home. Anything outside of that is your, your choice, you know. But they, they put this pressure on everyone else because they were trying to work so much harder. They were trying to make themselves seem like uh, they were so much more valuable, that they put so much more time in. But if you actually looked at what they were doing, they were surfing the net. They were talking about, you know, whatever, throwing their feet up and the whole nine. But it was just the fact that they felt inadequate. So they would try to compensate in certain ways by staying extra long. And I was like, you know what? I'm going home. I said, I don't know if y'all don't like y'all family, but I like mine and I'm going home to be with them. So I will not be here for 14 hours a day. It's just not going to happen for me. And they were like, oh, well, you need to put in extra work. Why? My hours are from six to four. And if I've done everything that I need to be in here, why am I still here impeding on somebody else's job? Because I have a replacement that comes in. And sometimes you're in the way rather than helping. You're hindering that. But, you know, I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm just I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you oh, know, yes, yes. No, you're absolutely right. And in order to deal with that part of having that syndrome, the Superman, Superwoman syndrome is to realize that you have to be able to separate. And I know this sounds funny, but you have to be able to sip, uh, separate fact from your feelings. You understand? And what does that mean, y'all? Look, sometimes you may feel like, to Camille's point, that you have to do certain things in order to be adequate. You understand? Because everybody else is doing it. However, when you that's how you feel. But once you realize, wait a second, I'm only supposed to do A, B, C, and D. That's what I'm getting paid to do. Exactly. So everything else, watch this. If you do anything else above that, that means that's something you got to love. Chances yeah. are, family, you are doing something you don't like anyway, but something in you is telling you, I I just got to do it. No. Who is that? Something telling you to do it. You get what I'm saying? Because it's not you. Yourself is saying, so, you know, you're tired. You know, you need to take care of this. You know, you need to take care of your kids. You know, you need to take care of your man, your woman, right? You know, you got something to do tomorrow, but something inside of you, outside of you, excuse me, outside of you is saying, well, it's the expectations. Look, you're not a super uh, uh, senior non-commissioned officer if you don't do that. What? You get what I'm saying? Wait, hold on. But then when you're there, you ain't doing nothing. It's the perception. So we have to be cognizant, ladies and gentlemen and family, that when we are doing something, when we're doing something, what is our intent? Do you want to seem as though you are invincible? Y'all remember Super Mario, right? Y'all remember Super Mario when he get that started. He's just gone, right? Can't nothing touch him. That's a video game. And that's not reality. Sometimes you need to recharge, refuel, refocus, and understand your intentions instead of always being everything to everybody. You dig? 
<laughs> yep. And then the other thing, I mean, if you feel like, you know, we have some people that are workaholics and then mm-hmm. we have some people that are just experienced the Superman, Superwoman syndrome. Um, it looks like they're workaholic, but it's not really the work itself that they're um, chasing after. It is, again, the perception, like you said, of um, working you know, being it's that egoholics. it's egoholics. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of if you if you feel like you're that sometimes, you know, and I did it. I used to do it a long time ago because everybody was like, oh, well, they're expecting you to stay for what? You know, I was like, for what? So I would do that. And then it put pressure on other people around me to do it. And that's when I just said, you know what? No, because my work is done. I've done it and I'm going home. But I know a lot of people like they get really, really stressed, you know, mm-hmm. um, if they don't stay there or if they're not working or, you know, they're like, Oh, I don't know why I would waste the day, but they already say after typically after eight hours, you're unproductive anyway, Mm -hmm. you know, an eight hour day is plenty to fulfill whatever you have to do. There are sometimes we have to go over, but typically anything after that, people are just wasting, you know, but those people that have that Superman syndrome, they're like, Oh, well, if I'm, if I'm at home or if I'm doing this, I'm just wasting my time. I'm doing all this. They sacrifice their hobbies and, what they love for work because it's the perception of working, not actually what they're doing, like the actual work itself. You know what I mean? So you really got to start like, okay, I don't need the external validation. And that's what it is. People want to be seen. They want the boss to see them there, you know, all these hours later. They want people to to recognize that they're putting in a little bit more work, you know. And so you have to get away from that external, that need for external validation when it comes to this and just say, okay, is my work sufficient? Have I done all that I need to do for the day? And then you need to move on. Stop yeah. sacrificing your hobbies. You get one life. You one life. One life. You know, Camille, I'm going to take you right. Make the best of it. I'm going to touch on something that individuals. Uh oh, who phone is that? Is that mine, Lord? Y'all, it is. Okay, let me go ahead and cut that down. But nevertheless, I'm going to touch on something that um, individuals may be able to dig uh-huh. and some may not. There is a perception out there that um, in different situations, different types of people have to work 10 times as harder just to get the same level of um, acceptance or validation. Let me tell you something, family, that's us. That's still an imposter syndrome, yes. believe it or not. But the deal is, is that that thought process has been ingrained in certain individuals. Mm-hmm. I got to do this. I got to do this. Let me tell you something. You ain't got to do nothing if you think about it because if you are who you are no matter what you do you still going to be that person right on so if you feel as though you have to do things 10 times as harder are you doing it for you are you doing it for someone else or are you doing it to look like you are somebody that you aren't because let's just put this in context of a a job or even the military individuals that's been in the military. Listen, if you are a true leader, if you are a mentor, if you are a, just a natural born inspiration to people, when your uniform drop, all of that does not stop. It is really you. You dig? Listen, if it's really you, you're going to be able to do that no matter where you go, right? And then you can continue to resonate with the world. 
However, if your position and your rank is contingent on your effectiveness of being a leader, you got problems. You understand? And you know what? You 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 probably have some insecurities going on over there, right? You you might have some 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 things wrong that you come to the sanity check, you dig, and we come on and let you know what it is because you're not being authentically you, right? You're trying to be something that you feel as though you have to be. And like you, like Camille was saying earlier, it adds unnecessary stress because you're not operating in your true self. You feel me? Think about those individuals like uh, uh, chief master sergeants or first sergeants. In our mind, we feel as though chief uh, or let's say first sergeants are supposed to have this certain level of bravado and just everywhere, just boo, 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 boo. You know, the people person, some people are naturally like that. But Mm -hmm. the ones that are not, but they try to do it, they're the most uncomfortable individual you will ever see. Because they're not doing, they're not leading through their natural self. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is they're leading through a uniform and it's coming out distorted, if you dig what I'm saying. And yeah. true people can pick up on that. Yep. And oh. I just said that the other day, you know, I posted that um the thing and, and those are my words. I said, you know, being what others think you should be is an act. Yeah. Being no, who you right. are, you know, is authenticity. Yeah. And it's so much. So you got to work for one which people get overstressed and and they feel like that fraud because they know they are and they think they're going to be found out, but then one works on your behalf. When you're authentic, people are naturally drawn to you. A good leader, a good supervisor, a good manager, they can get more done in six hours than a bad one can get done in six weeks. You know what I mean? And that's just by bringing their best self. They don't have to work extra to do it. Mm -hmm. They know how to motivate other people. But I'll say this in terms of the job, you know, oftentimes other people's Superman syndrome can impede on our, our own, you know, what they expect of us. So they're like, well, I'm doing it. So this person should do it. Mm -hmm. So there is that added layer that you should be doing more. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to go through that myself. And I was just like, there's nothing that says that. Like, just because that's how you, I'm good with what I did. My work (laughs) is done. But then I started to, you know, that, that extra, um, that pressure Mm -hmm. to, to be that, to, to have to, and then they expect it. And I literally got marked down on my, what we call enlisted performance reports, um, because I stopped doing that. And I was like, did I get anything wrong? Was my reports messed up? Did I miss anything? Did anybody, as a matter of fact, I got all these wing accolades, you know, the group commander sending, uh, bravos down and everything, but you're going to mark me down for that mm-hmm. and because of your insecurity. And that's what it is. That's so you, what it is. That, yeah, it's a real thing. And you do have to contend with that sometimes, even if you're not the one suffering from Superman syndrome, you mm-hmm. have to really, it, okay, let me say, if you are, you have to realize how that translates to your uh, subordinates, to your family, to the people that you're around. Um, are you putting unnecessary pressure on them? That's right. Are you making them feel as though they have to work harder and over and above because you're insecure about your ability, your, Absolutely. you know, whatever you have this external, mm-hmm. this need for external validation. Mm-hmm. So I got to be seen. So I got to make sure they see me making everybody else, you know, stay longer and do all this and all that. So you have to really be cognizant of that. And then you have to have a conversation. If you see that um, in somebody else, then you might have to say, hey, you know, I don't know if you know this, but 
you know, you're out here 15 hours a day, but you still ain't doing it. No, I ain't going to say that. I don't want to get nobody fired. You know what I mean? Go no, home. No, no, I get, no, no, no. I think we get <laughs> the point. We, we, we get it. But no, I get yeah. what you're saying. And sometimes that it, it can bleed over into it personal can. lives and other individuals' lives. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. family, we're talking about imposter syndrome. And if you're just tuning in, we want to say good morning. Good morning. You're on the sanity check. And we're right. going to take some time to have a break for our sponsors, but y'all stick around. And while we're doing that, y'all share, share, share this, okay? Don't just be watching and being stingy. You get what I'm saying? Let people know that you attached to something great in life, right on? And we will be right back. Integrity Consulting and Professional Services, LLC, is a minority, female-owned, nonprofit management consulting agency located in Humble, Texas, north of Houston, the owner, Jackie Dozier, has over 36 years of nonprofit and for profit business management experience. She can take your idea from thought to manifestation while offering a myriad of services to help you successfully manage your business along the way. Her services include state filing anywhere in the United States, getting your employee identification number and 501c3 tax determination providing cooperative and service agreements and mandatory documents, one-on-one grant writing training and consultation, board and staff development, and more. Ms. Dozier's clients include the U.S. Departments of Health and Human Services, the Administration of Children and Youth, U.S. and Caddo Parish, Louisiana Departments of Education, and the list goes on. References are available. Check her out on our Facebook page, Integrity Consulting and Professional Services, LLC, and contact her by email at IntegrityConsultingPSLLC at gmail.com. Rates are competitive. Say you heard about her on Sanity Check for a 5% discount. ICPS, providing all of your small business and grant writing needs with integrity and professionalism. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Sanity Check. And we're talking about imposter syndrome. And Fran says, uh, she asks, can Superman syndrome also apply to overachievers or is that something different? Um, Camille, you want to answer that question? Sure, it, it it does. So they're closely related, but like the um, we talked about the perfectionist that's based on like you know, kind of everything being a certain way, their competence and everything like that. Then we have the, the um, Superman, Superwoman, who it's not actually about the work. It's about looking the perception of working or the external validation from being there a long time and sacrificing and all this kind of stuff. There is another one that I'll talk about right now, actually, Fran, and it's called um, the high achiever. Right. So this is a little bit different uh, than the perfectionist in the sense that it's more like people think that um, they should they should be naturally. What did I say? High achiever. It's called Mm -hmm. the natural. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Genius that they have this natural ability to um, to do things like people who always were labeled, I guess, like, you know, you're the smart one in the family. You're going to be great. You're going to do all of these things, you know, uh, oh, it takes you nothing. And those people that I, I have certain areas where I never had to study for, you know, I never had to put any effort into school. I just got AIDS in those subjects because it came very, very natural to me. So there's this natural genius, um, 
syndrome where it's based on the ease and the speed at which they can do something, not necessarily uh, the high expectations of having everything perfect. It's just how easy it comes to them, how how little they have to work for it, I guess. And then they kind of, um, you know, it's that I try something and I mastered it on the first the first time, you know, so it is kind of this um, similar, very similar to like being a perfectionist or an expert or whatever, but it's that person who naturally does something. And then the moment they're not able to do something quickly or with ease, all of a sudden they have this self-doubt that sits in, Absolutely. you know, they're like, uh, I don't know if this is right now. I'm, I'm questioning my abilities and then I'm going to shy away from something Um that I don't think I'm naturally just going to be good at. Instead of putting in the time and effort to learn the skill, and they rather say, oh, I'm just not good at that. You know, I don't want to try that because I might fail. You know, I don't want to, I'm, I'm normally good in these areas. And you'll see people that will stick to one thing that they're just naturally good at because they like to brag on that. You know, oh, I don't have to take uh, speech classes because I'm just a naturally a good speaker. You know, I don't have to uh, study for English because English just comes naturally to me. And so they stick with those things. But when they're taken out of that comfort zone, those areas where they they're very naturally gifted, then all of a sudden they want to say, oh, no, I don't I'm not good at that. You know, I'm not good at that. All it would take is just a little bit of effort to take a presentation class. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Take a speech class. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, But they would rather not do that. So. Kind of, yes, they're they're very um, closely intertwined, a lot of them, because it is an imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. They just manifest a little bit differently. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And so <laughs> ways that you can deal with that family, if you do have that natural uh, genius, right, uh, syndrome. Good, ma- good morning, Ashley. If you do have that, it's you, you, you have to understand. First, you have to identify it that you feel as though you're not doing or that you don't need to do something because you already got it. That is a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're talking about is imposter syndrome and majority of these syndromes deals with our egos. You understand? Let's not confuse it. It is dealing with our egos. And when we humble ourselves and understand that we are always able to learn, grow, and love more, then that means that you're not as good as you think you could be. Now, you can be you can be great at what you do, but can you be better? You understand? And so to Camille's point, individuals shy away from other things because I, I just don't have any, you know, uh, uh, I just don't know how to do that. Well, have you tried? You get what I'm saying? Or how about, and I've said this before, you use your phone every day for all different types of things. How about you use your phone to gain knowledge into something that you don't know how to do? And now you can be great at one thing and be great at something else. Shut up talking to me about what you can't do, but I do know how to uh, tap dance. I don't need you to tap dance. You can be good at tap dancing, but I need you to do the stinking leg. Why you won't do the thinking lay? So what I'm saying is, when you have that genius, you know that 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 genius syndrome, or like, oh, I'm just good at that, and that's it. You're closing your aperture to growth, and also teaching individuals that you are able to learn, and that 
you're I can show you better than I can tell you what I'm not good at, but I'm taking the appropriate steps to use the same gifts that I naturally have in applying them into something new, if that makes sense, right? And that shows someone else, hey, I may not know how to draw, but I can play music. Maybe if I put that same energy and connect the dots, I can be great at that too. You see? So it's a difference. That's how you can cope with those syndromes. What yeah. you think? And you may not end up being great, but you can be good. You know what I mean? A good piano player is just as valuable as a great one, yes. you know, because we don't have enough of them, mm-hmm. you know? So if you put that same energy, but, you know, really it's those questions of, you know, what do I do without effort? And am I willing to put in some effort to learn how to sharpen the skills that I don't necessarily have instead of, you know, shying away from those, those um, challenges, how do I take them head on? What do I need to Mm -hmm. learn? Um, So if you're struggling with this, those are some questions you can ask, you know, Um, do I normally get straight A's and everything? Am I normally number one in everything I do? Am I the smart person in my family? You know what I mean? Um, and, And then here's another thing too. A lot of people with this natural genius, they shy away from mentors, all right? <laughs> they shy away from having mentors because they feel like they don't need it. They can handle everything on their own. Well, I'm just naturally good at that, but even the best mentors have mentors. The best coaches have uh, coaches. You know, the best lawyers learn from other lawyers and so on and so forth. Um, so nobody is ever at the place where they can't learn something from someone else, you know? And, and the other thing is kind of, you know, when you're faced with that setback, you know, do you feel like, shameful. Like, is number two not good enough? You know, you're in a race, you're not, normally used to being number one. And then all of a sudden, you know, somebody come along and you like, blow past you like, man. And now you feel guilty or shameful and embarrassed and all this kind of stuff. You know, you may be suffering from some of that, but really it is understanding that learning is lifelong. Yes. Yes. It's lifelong. Yes. Nobody's yeah. perfect. And you constantly learn and you build skills to be able to be efficient good at, maybe not great, maybe not a genius in in every area, but you can be good in the areas that, you know, you normally aren't naturally gifted in. Mm -hmm. And that's right. That's absolutely right. And to your point too, it's important to be like she said, like Mary says, have a teachable spirit. But again, you have to be Mm -hmm. coachable, right? You have to be mentor ready. And no matter what family, and hopefully you understand and you take this, Mm -hmm. there's, and I've said this before, especially through this week, there's an old African proverb that says you can get fast alone, but you get farther with people. And if you think you're going to get to where you want to be alone, your mind is, is, is out of line. You get what I'm saying? You never know. There may be individuals close to you doing a doing the same thing or B have done the same thing. And and watch this. Don't want you to fall in the same pit hole that they did. However, because you know it all, you don't want to say, hey, what can I avoid? Because you feel as though, hey, no matter what my car ain't gonna hit that pothole. And then what happened? Bloop. Then you hit your popper. Look, all you had to do was ask me. Look at look where I'm at. Man. Don't you think I was don't you think I hit that pothole before? You get what I'm saying? No, seriously though. Dig it. Don't you think I've experienced what you're going through right now? And I'm right here in your face. Watch this. Every day. Every day. 
Hey, I'm in your face every day doing what you may want to do or have done, but because of your what we talk about, ego. I don't want to open up my mouth and say, hey, listen, this is what I'm trying to do. What do you think about that? I say, oh, man, listen, all you got to do, try this, this, this. I know this person that could do this, this, this. I could have say, listen, we can save each other so much time, energy and heartache just by humbling ourselves and say, hey, I don't know it. It's okay. Look, you think we just come out the womb knowing who we are or knowing how to do Even look at this podcast, y'all. You think I just say, hey, you know what? I just want to start a podcast. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's about to be popping. No, you feel me? I had to connect with people. I had to learn. I had to read. I had to put in the time. But if you, family, that's watching this right now, if there is ever something that you wanted to do in line with this, how would I look? not not sharing it you get what i'm saying because somebody shared it with me isn't that what life is about why would look why wouldn't i tell you why wouldn't i say oh this is all you got to do and let me know if you need some more help you feel me Mm -hmm. but when we do have that syndrome we cut individuals out from when you got that syndrome that stops individuals from blessing you absolutely and you can block their blessing too. Listen, I have we have been blessed by God already yes. to be a blessing to other people, but I can't give you what you think you already got and you walking around naked. How are you gonna tell me you don't need the coat? I see you shivering and I got three in my in my car. Listen, wait, I'm wearing two. Got three in my car, and you like, nah, I'm good. I'm what? What are you talking about? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, please, let, let's put that in into perspective, okay? Let's put that into perspective. You don't know it all. You would never know it all right now. So, humble yourself and open yourself up to that type of, of learning. What you think, Camille? I, I think when people understand that we <laughs> literally, on average, <laughs> he is. <laughs> but I think that when we, we we realize that, you know, on average, we only use 10% of our brain, we know we can't know it all, <laughs> you know? Um, there's It's just impossible. You know, you can unlock more. There are some people who are super geniuses and things, but typically they're geniuses in a certain area, not in everything. You know, they may have amazing technical or mechanical skills, or they may be inventors, but they can't even brush their teeth right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So we have to understand that it's not for us to know everything. That's why diversity of thought, that's why the diversity of people, of skills, of talents and talent management is so good because other people can fill in where we lack. And it's okay to say that. And they can teach us, you know, it, we're all pieces of this big puzzle called life. <laughs> you know, it's oh, let me give you that. Let me tell you something. When you feel as though you are the only piece, you have already failed. Already you, failed. Hey, when you feel like your piece is the most important piece in the overall plan you out of line listen you already cut yourself off you nut you need to realize that if i want to be something i need to learn i need to adopt i need to experience something from someone else because it was not naturally in me but if you feel like you can just 
just walk out the door, just make it happen without any of those talent, skills, of abilities from other individuals. You already setting yourself up for failure, right on. Do that make sense? We we set ourselves up. We look at all these people. We have a little time, so I'll talk about it. But we have a little bit of time where we, um, you know, I mean, we have time to talk about this, but we look at people, right? And we say, I want to be like that person. I'm just going to say a famous star or something. I'll just J-Lo whatever came to mind. I don't know why. But anyway, and so people look at her. All the other people. I I have no idea why she just popped in my mind. (laughs) But anyway, and so we look at her and everybody's like, I want to be like her. And I was saying this too, like I'm used to being the second man, you know, and somebody was telling me that there's power in the second man. I said, I'm usually the one that's directing the crew behind the scenes. I don't necessarily have to be on the stage, Mm -hmm. but people look at the person on the stage and think that they're it. They have makeup artists, they have uh, wardrobists, they have lighting, they have crews to do the stages, they have choreographers, they have people who are there, uh, what do you call them, fitness, uh, personal trainers. Mm-hmm. They have all of these other people who are working so hard to make them who, that, they, are. To make them mm-hmm. who they are, but people mm-hmm. look at them and say, I want to be them, and they look at them and think that they did it alone. They absolutely did not. That's from right. the driver, from the yeah. ticket sales to the person that made the paper that they're writing their notes on. You know what I mean? Or who constructed the 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 equipment that they can record their sound on. There are so many people that are experts in the area that they're not, that they connect with so that they can shine in their area. But we you can't know- dismiss the contributions of everybody else around them who makes them who they are. You know, you're absolutely right. And ladies and gentlemen, I do want to touch on this, if you don't mind. What about when people say uh, to you, you think you know everything? Let me tell you something. If this is your first time seeing me, understand I am the dumbest, smartest person you will (laughs) ever meet. You understand? Because I know when to shut up and listen. However, when an individual comes to me or if I see someone I love, trust, or respect is going in a direction that I can help them uh, avoid, I feel as though it's my responsibility to say something. However, I do wait and see if they ask, right? But when I do, and it if I have that experience, then I don't know everything. I just know about this. You get what I mean? So when we take the the the, the insights from individuals, it's not just for us, family. Please understand. Someone went through something, learned, and then they taught you. Or they went through something and you watched them. And then now you, because look, not everybody have to smoke crack not to be a crackhead. You dig it? Okay. Yeah, I threw it out there. So- Sometimes you say, okay, well, I get that. So now let me move forward in life. And then when somebody else come around and you tell them about someone else's experiences, they say, well, look, you think he knew everything. No, I just know not to smoke crack. You did? <laughs> or or, or I know this is how you do this and that. So to your question, when individuals say, you know, uh, you think you know everything. No, I don't know everything, but we do have a certain level of I believe we need to embody a level of confidence to know what we know. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? If And if I know what I know, if Camille knows what she knows, she know it. And then if it's something you don't like, she still know it. That's her. You get what I'm saying? You think you know anything? No, I just know what I said. Now, if you, now you can be an expert and look it up and if you want to debate it, whatever. But it's not going to change that. What do you think about that, Camille? I mean, that's absolutely true. And sometimes a lot of times people are looking at you and they're saying, 
they they try to uh, pick at the things that they admire the most. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to tear you down because maybe that makes them feel inadequate. Maybe they want, they wish they do as much as you did. It's not about knowing it all. And I've, I've heard that too. And I'm like, no, you know, in the words of my daughter, I just know what I know. <laughs> you know, She told me, I said, you don't know everything. She was like, but I know everything that I know. And it's true. You know what? You're right. <laughs> You're well, you know the funny right. thing about that though, Camille, because I want you to get to the next point. The funny thing about that, do you know the way I learned it? You can actually learn it too. Hey, hey, the the same information that I have is readily, I'm I'm only giving you a few letters in that, readily available for you to find out for yourself. So it's not like I'm a hoarder of information, you dig? So if I'm telling you this, it's a reason why, right? And if you want to find out, if you don't want to hear me and to say, oh, he, he, he think he know everything, well, why don't you? Look for yourself. Exactly. Oh, and let me say, and let me say this. I see, I see my mom keeps putting in here. Seth is a genius. Um, yeah. a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people, you know, they're looking at this and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, you you know all of these things about podcasting and yada yada yada. My very first podcast was on sanity check with Seth. Mm. <laughs> okay. And he taught me everything that I needed to know. So behind the scenes. Seth is the one who said, hey, make sure you have this. Seth bought me my first microphone. Make sure you get this. Okay, we need to do this. We get out, you know, after the shows and there's a debrief, you know, make sure the mic is here. Hey, this is what happened. And I'm like, okay, you know, and so every single time he's the one that really helped me to understand kind of the world of podcasting. Then when there was an opportunity for like the lioness lair, you know, working with the other two women, the knowledge that he had, I'm now able to share with them. And so we had our, our meetings and, you know, I, I did the same thing that he did for me, you know, and gave them a little bit of gift. But then here we are working with the platforms because I understand how to do it because Seth kicked me out on my butt on my own one time, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm able to give them that knowledge and then they can in turn when other people are coming up, because people are going to be watching them too, um, they'll be able to be, pass on that point. knowledge, the you know, and point. and bring somebody else up as well. So what you see isn't just a product of me. You know, I might have had some skills in terms of the things that I know and that I was able to bring to the show, but all the rest of it is as a result of Seth giving me some skills and some other people giving me some skills to make it what it is today. And so, uh, you know, for you, thank you for that. But all of the the intros, outros, all that kind of stuff, you know, he said and he walked us through the things. I want you guys to be successful. I want you guys to be X, Y, and Z. He didn't hoard that information. And we we didn't have an ego so big that we couldn't ask either, <laughs> you know? So you have to understand where your limitations lie and you have to, to humble yourselves a little bit, you know, and say, okay, this is where I need help. You'll be surprised at what help you get because right. he was free. Which and didn't free. Have listen, <laughs> <laughs> listen. <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. The best information you can get is free, if you believe it or not. The best information, the most useful information in your life is right in front of you. And it's probably been there the whole time. However, you ever feel as though <clears throat> certain people only want to drink cold water from a different location? Yes. You feel what I'm saying? Like, hey, look, I want that ice because they ice is colder. What are you doing? And hey, listen, it's the same ice, hey, and it's closer to you. I can give you this 
right here, but you rather put some gas in your car, go 20, 50, 11, 50, 11, that's another 50, 11 miles away to get the same type of water that you can get right here for nothing. Hey, because guess what? We all thirsty a little bit, right on. And it's, I do believe really, and I want to thank you for that, but I really do believe the information and the things that we have in life is not ours. You get what I mean? It's not just for us. You dig? So what do we look like holding on to some mess that we can't take with us? Wait a minute. What do we look like? <laughs> what do we look like holding on to mess that we can't take with us anyway? Look, I think it was Denzel Washington said, you've never seen a uh, uh, U-Haul after a hearse. Right. You know, when you see the hearse, you gonna see U-Haul with it. Listen, I don't want this mess. You see what I'm saying? It's frivolous if you think about it. But the goal is to be able to connect with people and help to raise everyone up in the level of their own passion. You see what I'm saying? If this is a passion of yours and you see the passion of mine, then part of my passion is sharing it. You know what I'm saying? But I still say you should you should do a class, a, a pay class to teach, you know, just the basics one on one, because it is a lot of effort and you do put in a lot of time and you care. So you you are very patient, too. So, um, Seth, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there one day. He's just going to do a podcast and for beginners, you know, that podcast for dummies. And he's just going he's going to do a little class. It's probably going to cost you about 50 bucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No, I think it's dope. I think I could. I think I could do that. But, I know um, you could. I know, I know you I could. could. You did I, it for I, me. Yeah, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure that all the moving parts are actually well groomed and, and and oiled, so I can do that. You know what I'm saying? But we got other things to pop off. But what other yes. syndrome you got? So the last one we're going to really talk about is called the soloist. And this is to, to Mary's point. Mary had said earlier, like some people don't need help, you know, so you have to to make sure that you help pr protect their peace. I think it, it was or something like that. But with the soloist syndrome, basically, it's those people that really don't you, you'll hear them often say, like, I don't need help. You know what I mean? Um, I don't I don't need help. It's OK. They 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 want to be independent. OK, and that's fine, but not to the extent um, that they like really kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, get rid of like the help or refuse assistance, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying, to prove their worth. Like, you know, it's OK to be I got this. I know how to do it. But there are some people that go to like the far extreme, you know, and it's really just the I got this. I'm independent. I can do it myself. I don't need anybody else's help. Uh, you know, that is not true. <laughs> Like we just talked about, uh, we're all pieces of a puzzle and we cannot do life by ourselves mm -hmm. in, in in any way, shape or form. Even the people that are out there have to come in and get some assistance sometimes, whether that's food or shelter or water, whatever it is. Um, we just can't do it by ourselves. But people that suffer from the soloist syndrome, it is extreme. They go to the extreme of I don't need anybody's help. I can do everything on my own. You know, I can, it doesn't matter what it is. And I might be, no, I'm not a soloist. <laughs> I'm not a soloist. I just like to dabble so I know what to ask, what questions to ask. So sometimes I'm like, okay, leave me alone. I got it until I get to an issue. And then I'm like, okay, now I need your help, you know. But there are people you have to really kind of watch out for that, um, that really just won't accept any help uh, to prove something. And oftentimes they'll prove that, 
they're not as good as they think they are. And, and, <laughs> and they also proved that they needed help in the first in the first place. place. You know, and, and I'm glad you said that because, ladies and gentlemen, a <clears throat> part of doing this, right? Part of doing this, the podcast and other ventures, when you're first starting out, when you're doing something different you may not know individuals that are doing the same thing. You get what I'm saying? You may not know. And I will be completely honest. I did suffer from that solo as, um, you know, syndrome and it is time consuming. It's energy draining. You understand? And then also too, it brings a level of insecurity. It brings a certain level of insecurity because you don't know who to trust. You get what I'm saying? And so you can focus on the lack of trust and you're not focusing on what you truly want to do and what you want to be. However, <clears throat> when you are moving in the right direction and again, it's getting out of yourself and you realize that you have people that want to help you succeed and say, hey, man, look, I can do that if you need me to. When you bring that down and say, okay, if you don't mind, thank you. And then watch this. They did it better than you could have. Like, oh, I got a winner. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even know how to do that. Like, and so shout out to you, Camille. Shout out to the den. Shout out to the lioness layer. Like, even for the, and I'll give you guys a, a situation with the, uh, with the uh, lion's den. So there's five of us. Not everyone is on the show at one time, but individuals are doing things behind the scenes because Seth can't do it all, but Seth doesn't need to do it all. And it's in the name. If it's a den, lion's den, and it's just with me, I'm there. However, we have other lions that's able to be leaders in their own right. So part of removing yourself from this soloist thought process is giving individuals their crown, their roses now and say, look, I know you are good at this and I know you see what I'm doing. I do need your help. Since you offer, you get what I'm saying? Since you offer, but at the same time, hey, not everybody can help you. You dig? Not everybody can can do that. And it's okay to say, I got it. <laughs> I'll yeah. take care of this because everything that you work for, since they don't know what they're doing, it'll bring you back down. Now you're starting back over, right? Because you put too much trust in an individual. Mm-hmm. You see? So it's a healthy balance when it comes down to being a soloist, but you want to ask for help and accept it. Accept it. That's the key. And it can be dangerous for, for soloists. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, when I used to work, so my job was very uh, technical, right? Mm-hmm. So there were some some masks that had to be happening, you know, sometimes. And people, are they shy away from that. And we have to do like specific measurements and <clears throat> depth and angles and things like that. And so what I found was, which I didn't know at the time, it was probably a, um, you know, form of soloist uh, syndrome. Um, imposter syndrome was mm-hmm. a lot of people, and I, and I shared this over the years. Once I figured it out, not in that term, but once I figured it out, um, people with young airmen would come and ask a supervisor for help with something. Right? Hey, they they humbled themselves, and hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? The supervisor would turn around and be like, "Why don't you know that? You should know that. How come you don't know that? Go figure it out on your own." So I would watch this dynamic, you know, over the years when I was early. I watched this dynamic, and it happened to me. And something clicked and said, 
I really believe that they don't know what it is and they're too embarrassed to say that they don't know how to do it, which is why they don't offer the other people help. And so it was like, you know, I had to learn it on my own. I had to do this and this and that. But they do that, push it off because they realize that people will find out that they're a fraud. They really don't know how to do it. So every time I would hear this, I would take the supervisor to the side and I go, okay, because I just happened to be the supervisor of the supervisor. So I could, you know, show me how to do this. And I'm like, because you guys are the technical experts. So I need for you to show me how to do this, mm-hmm. even though I already knew. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times they would fumble and I'm like, okay, well, what does this acronym mean? Mm-hmm. Well, what does this mean here? And they would be like, uh, um, I'm like, so the airman that came to you said for help, instead of you saying, I don't know, let me go figure it out or sitting there and working through it. You're going to tell them that they need to figure it out. Make them feel like, you know, they are incompetent. They're this and this and that come to find that you, you don't know how to do it either. And it's like, now that you know what you don't know, you need to go back and figure it out. So then I would do that separately. But mm-hmm. then something else clicked. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to make this a little bit easier because I noticed that a lot of people suffered from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I would have training sessions. And I would say, I don't care what the rank is. If it was the airmen and they were the expert in that particular thing, I would have them do a training session for everybody. I would make mm-hmm. all ranks come in. That's because right. even though you might be, they're watching. And mm-hmm. there's some things that they didn't know and they're picking up. And then I would have everybody just go ahead after we do the demonstration. Everybody had to demonstrate, including mm-hmm. myself as the mm-hmm. highest ranking in the shop and as a shop chief. And that was to let people know that it's OK to ask for help. And mm-hmm. I tell them, you guys are the expert. I come to you guys all the time for help for the things that I don't do on a regular basis that I'm not familiar with. I come to you because I know I ain't going to go out there and embarrass me and everybody else in the shop, too. Absolutely. Like, oh, God, their shop chief is incompetent. It's not going to be me and it's not going to be you and I'm not going to allow you. And so I would do that so that I can go in also and tell them, I know that everybody here has been trained. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not in this job. Don't question their abilities. I know what they are. You know, but I would do that because I, I found that people would just shun them because they want to be this independent. I got it all together. I know it all. But the moment they were challenged with something that they were not competent in, then it was like that feeling of, oh, my God, I'm about to be found out. So now you want to beat down this other person. I'm not mm-hmm. going to allow it to happen. Nope. So I, I started doing that as a way to um, bring down the, the barriers yeah. to allow people to, and then, and make sure that everybody got trained and it wasn't yeah. in it, in a pointed and, you know, embarrassing way, Absolutely. Um, but we all got better for it. Everybody. Yeah. And that's the key though, uh, family, when we're talking about imposter syndrome and in this specific, uh, area, the soloist, what co- sometimes calls that soloist is when a person is bitter, mm-hmm. right? So there is a time, there have been times, I'm sure individuals have dealt with this. I'd watch, here's the scenario. Hey, uh, sir or ma'am, I see what you're doing. Do you mind teaching me how, or I would love to be an assistant. I would love to just pick your brain. And then that sir or ma'am said, you know what? You just got to go out there and you just got to grind and do it. You just got to, you know, you got Nobody to make it. Well, Nobody showed me. So, so if you really want it, it's going to happen for you. That individual, ladies and gentlemen, is mad. Their feelings is hurt. They're bitter. However, when you finally get to the point where you're gaining the set skills, become better. 
better. You understand? Become better. Because there were certain things that I wanted to do when I was a novice at different different things. And I remember approaching individuals, say, hey, look, uh, I see what you're doing. Give them, them their roses. Say, Yo, this is nice. This is mm-hmm. what I want to emulate. You understand? So I see you as the epitome of where I want to be. Right. And being humble and honest about that. But then when you ask the individuals, oh, well, look, you just got to hustle. Mm-hmm. What? I just got, oh, you know, you just got to believe in God and it's going to happen. What? Wait, I need mechanics. What are you talking about? So you're telling me you just sat at home and was like, hey, Lord, I just want to do ABC. <laughs> and then it just happened. <laughs> so what happens is now I feel like, okay, cool. Now I got to do this myself because I'm listening to an idiot. You get what I'm saying? Because he, he or she see what they have and they want to hold on to it and almost put themselves on the pedestal. Listen, even though I already see you up there and I applauding you for that, but I too want to experience that because I have that same passion. I'm not attracted to the accolades. I'm not attracted to the results. I'm attracted to seeing what it is that I want to do on a higher level. You see? So when you do ask individuals for help and they don't give it to you, do not become bitter. Don't become bitter. There's other individuals out there that will love to pour into you and love to, because people love real talk. People like to talk about their experiences. They like to talk about things to avoid and maneuver. They like to do that. But if, and that's when it's coming from a real place, right? But if I'm hurt or if I'm still jaded about what happened in the nineties, when this one first sergeant did A, B, C, and D, what type of leader what type of mentor would I be if I'm still holding on to something? Like I said last week, that's not holding on to me. You see? It happens so frequently. Yes, it does. So we have to be cognizant of that and make sure we are still being a blessing to other people because you will need help and they will need your help, but be accessible. Be better, not bitter. Yes, I see that a lot, though. And, you know, people are are, they get bitter about what didn't happen for them. And, you know, you have two choices. My choice was I didn't want to be the supervisor or leader that my supervisor was to me. So I Mm -hmm. tried to be better. But then there are people who because my supervisor was bad to me, I'm going to be bad to everyone else. Mm -hmm. And so they carry that through. And even with opportunities. And I've had to check some of my peers about that. You know, why are you so against allowing somebody to, to grow, to do something outside? Well, my supervisor never let me do it. They said that, you know, maintainers maintain and, and work is work. And I'm like, and how did that make you feel? Because I'm, I'm seeing all of that. And you, you've carried that from E4 to E7 over the last mm-hmm. 15 years. You've carried that bitterness mm-hmm. and you've kept people from growing because you felt like your supervisor kept you from growing. Was that the right thing to do? See? You know, I, I tried to give everybody every opportunity I didn't get. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, now that I have the choice, oh, I'm opening all kinds. I'm flinging doors open everywhere. You know what yeah. I mean? Somebody tried to stop me, but it's not going to happen on my watch. But people do that all the time. They get bitter 
And then they they hinder other people's growth. And then that bitterness just festers over the years. And it just continues to poison the well all the way down instead of getting better and saying, you know what? I didn't like this for me. So I'm not going to do that for anybody else. Right. I'm going to try my best to do and to give you the opportunities maybe mm-hmm. that I didn't have. And sometimes we don't have time a lot, but we can also, um, you know, I said, resor- I'm resourceful. So we can give people, you know, hey, I can't spend this much time with you. I can give you a few few minutes, but here's some people that you can connect to. Or I found it on this thing or check out this YouTube when I learned how to dance. You know, my uh, my dance teacher, he was like, I was so bad. He didn't have time for me. And so, <laughs> so he said, if you're serious, watch these YouTube videos um, to get the basics down first. And then I can work with the skills that you have, but I don't have time to start from ground zero with you. And so I was like, okay, you know, so I went home and I watched them videos and I learned a little something. And then he was able to work with me because he didn't have time to start from the bottom. He had to start with some sort of foundation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I didn't get mad at him and be like, oh, well, he just told me I could No, I was like, I want that. So I'm going to do my part first, (laughs) you know, so that whatever time he does have, it'll be best used. You know, I'll get the most out of the time that I have to learn how to dance. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we also have to humble ourselves and do that, too. You know, when people say do your part first and then come back, do your part first. You know, and and so this is the deal, too, what uh, the way life is set up, what we cannot control Ladies and gentlemen and family, if you guys are still on, we do appreciate y'all, right? Uh, We're really, we're talking about imposter syndrome and how to navigate through it and different types of imposter syndrome. But what we have to understand is that the winds of life change instantly. So never forget that individual that was coming to you, asking you for help, and you shunned them because hurt people hurt people, and you hurt this individual because you said that you didn't have time. We say, look, just, just go over there and get out of my face. Instead of being able to say, look, you want 100% of me based off of what I'm doing. I have I have only 25%. Here's my number. Let me get yours, and we go get back to each other. However, when you don't do that, and you force an individual to find resources on their own and they use those resources, same resources that you probably could have gave them, but then now they surpass you, you right? And then you may be in a situation where, oh, I remember that little brother that was doing, so, hey, hey, look, hey, uh, hey, you remember me, you know, shit? like, who that, who they are? You know, that's me, well, who, who who is that? No, you don't want to be that way. But just understand that the winds in life change all the time. You never know how it may affect you later. Why? Because you never know when you're going to need help too. Ever. You, you never know. So it's important to not to put off this syndrome of that you A, know it all, B, got it all. C, need to do it all, right? And D, can do it by yourself. You don't want to have it. You're right. As an individual, you don't want to have that persona because you're closing off doors for individuals to help you grow and you to help other individuals grow. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many things that you can like, you know, imposter syndrome is, it manifests itself in different ways, as we talked about, you know, 
<clears throat> excuse me, but there's so many other ways that we've given you some things that you can help, you know, get over. But, you know, it, it's really kind of, you got to recognize too what, what you're good at, you know, recognize what you're good at, hone in on that, share the knowledge that you have, but always constantly, you know, try to learn more. Don't be so set expectations so high that you can't achieve them. And then you, it's almost like sabotage, right? You sabotage your own self. <laughs> that just, you know, you, you say, okay, I'm, I know I'm good at something, but I'm going to set the bar way up here, way, way, way up here. And then the moment you don't get there, it's like, oh, I knew I wasn't this. I was. And you literally sabotage your own success, your own, um, you know, abilities, your own everything. And then we fall in this, this cycle downward, you know, everything mm -hmm. now is I'm not good enough. And, and now I've seen, depressed. Yeah. now you're depressed. And I've seen so many amazing people and geniuses that you're like, you know, I see all of this stuff. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, why don't you, I had somebody else says, said to me, and it's not imposter syndrome, but it's like, I, I wish that you can see you the way that we see you. you and go. that's how I how I feel when I see people like that. I'm like, you are so smart. You mm -hmm. let that one thing just like derail you. If I, if you saw the potential, you know, the way that I see the potential in you, oh my gosh, the things you could think, you see? know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, but sometimes we have to make sure that we don't set our expectations so high. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're smart people, we're genius people or whatever, but we all have areas that we can work in yeah. um, to make things better for us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, give yourself a pat on the back. Like you said, says, celebrate the small wins along the way. Yeah. Um, make sure that your, your um, you know, your, your bar is attainable. Yes. You know, you want to stretch it a little bit because you always want to challenge yourself, mm -hmm. but you don't want to set it, you know, in the next state and you over here, you, all you got is a bike. You got to get there right. by tomorrow, yeah, you know, right. so make sure that those things are attainable, those smart goals and things like that, especially if you suffer from certain areas, types of imposter syndrome. Absolutely. You know, nobody's perfect. Nobody nobody's is perfect. perfect. We, we don't. It, it takes time to learn. And that's what people see people doing things. But Seth, how long have you been working with, I'm not going to say podcasting, um, but with like sound equipment and, and studio equipment and things like that. How long have you been doing that? Been doing that for about over 15 years. Over 15 years. But mm -hmm. people may have seen you start podcasts, what, a year ago, a year yep. and a half ago or something like mm -hmm. that. And they're like, oh my gosh, I have to be an expert, you know, because he just been out for one year. Right. No, there's mm -hmm. a whole lot of stuff that went behind that. Yes. You know, that you understand how to work the controls. You understand mm -hmm. how mics have to work. And so it's not just an overnight thing. No. He has 15 years of experience behind what you saw in one day, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. And so we have to make sure that we're we're measuring our, our skills and our abilities appropriately, yes. you know? Yeah, if you feel like that, oh, just because you see somebody doing that, you ready to you know, get it in all of a sudden and and and, and you ready to uh and 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 you you ready to uh just start monetizing something that mm -hmm. you don't really know about. Like hold on, you got to get the mechanics together first, right? <laughs> then well, then here's another thing too. You need to find out if that's really what you want. Yes. See, hey, is this truly, truly what you want? And what that means is you will be an imposter because you are trying to obtain something that you want from someone else. But maybe that's not your blessing. You get what I'm saying? Maybe that's not for you. 
You see, so we have to be cognizant of that. We have yeah. to be cognizant of that. You say you want the attention, you want the everything, but you don't understand what what it really takes to exactly. get there. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you see something and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you pursue it. But it's like, what's cool about it? Because you could be attracted to a certain thing. And instead of wasting your time and money and energy in that, you know, if you take the time to say, what is it about this that I really like? Do I really want a podcast? Do I really right. want to do yeah, so I really want to do all these things. Or is it just that I like to talk, yeah. you know, and you can take that and use it in a different place or, you know, Facebook, like whatever you want to do. But um, instead of being, you know, real jealous about that kind of stuff, you just take what it is. Again, think about it. Is this really what I want? Or did I just want it because that person got it? And I, I just want what that person got. Yeah. You know, it ain't really about the thing. It's about the person. You it's know? about the person. Yeah. I'm, trying yeah. To, I'm just trying to show him up because I can yeah. do this too. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to show her that, yeah. look, you got it. I can get it too. And right. it could be better. And then the funny part is, is that when you try it fall flat, then what? Hey, watch yeah. this. And then, and then watch this. Then everybody see you fall flat. And then hey, they know what your intentions was and it didn't happen. Right. Yeah, it didn't happen the way you thought it was supposed to happen. But yeah. uh, family, look, and we want to thank y'all. We do want to thank y'all for being on. Just want to give y'all a couple of uh, little notes that I didn't get a chance to talk about before. Don't forget about uh, the 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 village right we're doing this incentive to give these uh, uh board games and cards to the kids the village is a uh, nonprofit organization in the city of St. Louis brothers that are or men that are helping young men in mentorship learning how to speak dress articulate themselves help them with uh, uh homework help them with just life skills and because of the pandemic a lot of them aren't in school right now so to help them stay connected with not just each other but their own family they're doing a drive to get board games and so what the lions cast and the lions pride network is doing is helping out in that incentive and so if you see below if you want to give it doesn't matter how much if you give two dollars it's okay but if you give to the uh lions cast on cash app lions cast on cash app and make sure you put in parentheses the village we will make sure that at the end of May that we go shopping and you see those, uh, see the games and everything. And we will deliver them all to the kids because it's cool. It's cool for them to have. All right. And also, too, if you haven't done so already, download the app. Okay, download the app, the Lions Pride Network on Roku and Amazon Fire, because it's only going to be better and get better. And one last thing, too, I want to say before we go, if you pay attention to your screen or even in the chats, we put a link there. And if you appreciate what we talked about today, if this resonated with you, if you learned anything, feel free to put in a review, right? If you click that, it will go into a new review and we will love your positive feedback in the world. See that what we're doing is for a great cause and your words and your own reviews and feedback will help us move forward. Okay. And we do appreciate you. What you got, Camille? Last thing you have to tell them, remind them of the Battle of the Beast. Oh, go ahead. You got it. <laughs> so once again, um, this Sunday um, on the Lion's Den, we will have the Battle of the Beasts. So it'll be the Lion's Den versus the Lioness Lair. Uh, so those five guys, I don't know how many of them are going to be because we have one that's deployed, but against us three girls. And so we are going to be talking about all things uh 
relationships, dating, you know, where we see each other, uh, what our roles are, kind of that that miscommunication that we typically have. We're a bunch of fun folks um, coming together again. You know, we talk about real life issues. We use our own instances and, and experiences and, um, you know, kind of what we see to shape our thoughts and everything like that. But um, it is going to be fun. Y'all, we've been hyping this up for a couple of months behind the scenes. <laughs> so we ready? Team Lioness Lair. And Hashtag yeah. Team Lioness Lair. Yeah. So we this Sunday. <laughs> because it's going down. Lioness Lair. It's going down. I mean, listen, we got a lot of stuff to discuss. And I really do believe we have issues ladies and gentlemen and family we have issues that's been perpetuated just through history and then we have the dang on social media that don't help anyway so hey it's going to be at six o'clock all right six o'clock yes uh sarita six o'clock uh p.m on sunday standard time uh central standard time okay but it's going to be good it's going to be real good we're like she said we're going to be talking about a lot of different issues also solutions solutions because you have a lot of podcasts and and different uh bloggers out there that talk about what's wrong with the world and how everybody got problems but they don't wrap it up with how to fix those problems why because that's what they're known for we want to be known for helping each other get past the mess what you think sanity check is about (laughs) listen i'm probably one of the craziest individuals you know for real (laughs) in real life life like look real life i'm here right cuckoo is a betsy bug however i know that i cannot go through life and hold on to old things and without growing and that's what the sanity check is about family that's what it's about and that's what the lion's den and the in the lioness lair is about and don't forget to catch them next thursday what's your topic gonna be real quick you know um beauty is in the eye of the beholder Mm. So, you know, talking about these women's issues, things that impact us. So beauty is the, uh, in the eye of the beholder. Oh, so it'll be on Thursday at 6 CST. Yeah, so so what, y'all going to talk about them eyelashes? Ah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, you got to tune in to see. Listen, I don't know what's going on. There's no reason why these ladies walking around like here. And then when they, and listen, don't, don't, don't have a window down. Then it's up against their face. What do you do? Who said that sexy? Man, and when them things get to flying away and they fly all the way away. Goodness, I had a waiter. Be real quick, I had a waiter that was getting ready to give me my food and her eyelash was hanging on by a, a, a lash and it was down here like, I said, wait a minute. Look, if you don't get this spider off your face, if you don't get that spot on, I ain't realizing. I'm like, what are you doing with all this mess? It's a broom on your face. Get on out of here. That ain't sexy. Anyway, y'all, look, we about to go. Look, we yes. love y'all. We will see y'all soon, okay? Be Take safe. Take care. All Thank right? you all for tuning in. Yes. <laughs>